Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Rugby is a badass sport. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 82 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Uh, we'll, we'll start the show off with the breakdown, but before we jump into the breakdown, I just wanted to take a second, apologize for some of the microphone issues that we've been having over the last few weeks. I know last week's episode was kind of hard to hear. I tried to clean it up the best I could, and uh, you know, in audition, it just didn't work out, so... I uh, got some new mics, though, so hopefully that won't be an issue moving forward. The vocals should sound nice and icy, so hopefully that's the case. I guess we'll wait and see. We'll find out. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into the breakdown, start to show off with the breakdown. And I wanted to start off the breakdown by talking about the Colorado XOs. So they won their second match of the spring over Belmont Shore last weekend by a score of 38-28. to uh, And they started that match down 16 nothing. so it wasn't the best start of all time, but they, they pulled it out. Used two tries from Tani Tupo there in the first half to, to kind of claw back into it, going to halftime down two points. And then they just rattled off a big second half, three tries. Dan Stone was a machine with his boot. He hit all five conversions and nailed a penalty goal as well. And they came off with a 10-point win. Uh, so that's good to see. They dropped the match before that. So they've won two out of their three matches that they've played. And I went out and watched practice on Monday and Tuesday. And that kind of allowed me to talk to some people. And everything I've heard is that the XOs are improving every week. I spoke with Trey Smalls for a piece that I'm hoping to have out for everybody tomorrow on Friday. Um, and he mentioned something along the lines that the turnovers are been cut in half by between matches one and two and match three. So in the first two matches, I think in both of those, they had like mid-20 turnovers a match. Some are hovering right around in there. Um, and then from the sounds of it, they were down into the teens, the, the you know, 12, 13 turnover range for match three. So you can tell they're, they're starting to figure it out. If you watch some of the clips that Rugby Factory's been sharing, I shared some of the try clips on DNVR Rugby this week. Like if you watch that, you're starting to see dummy lines. You're starting to see, you know, moves in the back line. The scrum's looking a lot better than it did when I went and watched them in New Orleans. They're executing some line-out stuff. So, like I said, everyone I've talked to, they say that the progress is uh, is palpable. You can see it. It's coming along quicker than, than kind of people imagined. Um, but there's still a lot of things to clean up as well. And, and again, the only way that's going to happen is by continuing to play matches. And that's exactly what they're going to do. So they've got their fourth match uh, this weekend. So this one will actually be Friday night. So if you're listening to this podcast right when it comes out early in the day, match will be Friday night. I think at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, they play South Florida Rugby Club uh, down in Florida. And I've heard rumblings that this match could be streamed. The person I've been talking to over at SoFlow has kind of gone dark on me, so haven't heard in a couple of days, but that's, you know, last I heard earlier this week was that was what the plan was. 
So hopefully that that happens and, and we can all watch this match. Um, otherwise, I'll just do my best to text some people that I know down there and try to get the low down. And, and uh, I'll just kind of keep working the same way that I've been doing these match days on Twitter. Um, I have, you know, notifications set for when the Rugby Town National Training Center account tweets and, and whatever they tweet, I try to offer a little bit of insight off of that. So make sure you follow along with us on Twitter, because if I do hear about a stream, that's where I'll post it. It will be on Twitter. I'll try to let people know. Um, but just keep following along with us, you know, on Twitter like that. Like I said, at DNVR underscore rugby. Um, and I will be tweeting, you know, about the match the best I can. Like I said, hopefully we can watch it. Um, looking forward to seeing how this goes. Um, should be a good one. And, and, you know, more matches are, are the best thing possible for the XOs. Um, and I, I, you know, it's been fun talking to these guys and listening to how much they like playing rugby. Like I said, we'll have a piece on that hopefully tomorrow. So make sure you stick along for that as well. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. That kind of does it for the XO portion of the breakdown. I wanted to make sure I talked about that. Um, kind of a short breakdown today, but the next thing I want to talk about is just opening weekend of Major League Rugby. thought it was really fun to watch. I was very impressed with the quality of the broadcast on the Rugby Network, which was MLR's new streaming service for those that are unfamiliar. Um, I thought it went pretty well. I didn't have any issues with it. I was fully expecting it to crash as what, you know, what happens with most new sites, um, streaming all that different stuff and all those people, you know, flocking to watch it because there was only a couple of matches that were available to, you know, for fans to attend. So I thought that the Rugby Network would get its its use this weekend, and it might have. I'm not sure. I don't see the numbers or anything, but I was fully expecting it to crash with all those people flocking to it to watch the matches, and it didn't. At least for me, it worked great. I didn't see anywhere else uh, other people saying that it w didn't work for them. So good news. Free rugby is the best. That's one of the things. Talked a little bit about it with Brendan last week, like, one of the things people always, you know, knock rugby for is that they want to grow the game. The best way to grow the game is to, you know, make it available to people. Um, part of that is not putting it behind a paywall. So it's good to see, you know, it's free. It seems like it's going to stay free. Um, and like I said, the, the quality was was good last weekend, and hopefully it continues to be good as we progress through the season. Um, that's kind of some of the things I thought about, you know, opening weekend. I got a couple more thoughts here. I thought all the matches were very entertaining. They're very close. I think with the exception of one or two, they were all decided by seven points or less. I wrote a little recap thing on Monday. I'm going to try to do that every week. because so I do watch all the matches. I do take notes, um, you know, just things that catch my eye. Uh, like I said, I thought all the matches were very interesting. A lot of former Raptors in action this last weekend. And like I just mentioned, I do take notes, but I forgot my notebook today as I'm recording this. Uh, but I was keeping track of all the Raptors that played, so I will try to work that into the show next weekend. Uh, after this, you know, this weekend's round of matches is over. Uh, another thought I had is just I thought it was really cool to see, you know, rugby in the Los Angeles Coliseum, something I never thought I would see in my life, and, and it was cool to see that happen. The field looked great. Um, so some something I thought was cool. Giltinis looked pretty good, too, and there went over the Free Jacks. They looked like the best team in the league after that first week, but as we all know, a lot of stuff can change over the course of a season. And I'm still trying to figure out who I want to root for this year. I was, I obviously want all the Raptors to do, the former Raptors to do well. Um, and if I'm going off the sheer volume of Raptors per team, I would have to root for the Giltinis, but I'm still figuring it out. I was planning on being a Dallas fan. That obviously fell through. So I'm still looking for a team to watch. Um, but it is kind of nice to just, you know, watch the matches and just watch the rugby. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, one of the other things I, I was thinking about too is I'm interested to see how now that all the teams were on the move last week and they were all playing different matches in different parts of the country. I'm interested to see how COVID affects the season moving forward. Um, there's only so much you can do. It's it's just a really luck of the luck of the draw type of thing. You can take all the precautions possible and still wind up with this virus somehow. And so I'm interested to see how how that affects MLR at all this season. Um, and you know, as of today, I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. Not, no, nothing has come out so far about you know COVID issues, but we've already seen Old Dewey DC dealing with it. So interested to see how how that you know COVID affects these teams moving throughout the year. Um, but with with vaccines and stuff coming out, kind of seems like it's starting right around the right time. So of course, something we'll keep an eye on as we keep an eye on on the season and the whole league in general. Um, but that kind of does it for the breakdown. That's kind of my thoughts on opening weekend, some of the stuff I've seen from the XOs. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and jump into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. We'll start with the Premiership. Uh, that's kind of where we start every week. But six matches in the Premiership this weekend. So their first match is Gloucester versus Exeter on Friday at 11.30 a.m. All these times are in Mountain Time. We've got Bristol versus Harlequins on Saturday at 8 a.m., uh, London Irish versus Bath on Saturday at 9 a.m. Worcester versus Northampton on Saturday at 9 a.m. Wasps versus Sale on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. And then Leicester versus Newcastle on Sunday at 8 a.m. You can watch all of those matches on Peacock. Go ahead and jump into the Alliance Premier 15s. So we've got Wasps FC Ladies versus Sale Sharks Women at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday uh, Saracens women versus Harlequins women at 7 a.m. on Saturday. That match will be the live stream one this week as available on England Rugby's YouTube page, Facebook, Twitter, and Premier15s.com. So make sure you check that out. We've got DMP Durham Sharks and Gloucester Hartbury Women's RFC on Saturday at 7.30 a.m. And then Exeter Chiefs women versus Labrador Lightning on Saturday at 8 a.m. So make sure you're checking all those matches out. Uh, well, what you can see of those matches, at least. Make sure you watch the live stream on, like I just said, on England Rugby's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Premier15s.com. We'll move over on over into the Six Nations. So this is the, the last match of the Six Nations. This was one that was postponed from earlier. So we got France versus Scotland. That's on Friday at 2 p.m. You can catch that match on Peacock. Um, and so how this one's going to go, Brennan did a good job explaining it last week. But France is sitting in third place right now. They must beat Scotland by 21 points and secure a bonus point victory to overtake Wales and win the competition. Um, it sounds like Scotland could move up from fourth place into second, you know, with a win and some points and stuff like that. But like I said, you can catch that match on Peacock. Should be a good one tomorrow afternoon on Friday. Uh, move on over to the Guinness Pro 14. We've got Glasgow Warriors versus Benetton on Saturday at 7.45 a.m. And it looks like we've got Leinster versus Munster in the final on Saturday at 11 a.m. You can catch both of those matches on ESPN+. Moving into the Super Rugby Southern Hemisphere, we got Super Rugby Australia. So uh, early Friday morning, 2.45 a.m. This will You'll probably listening to the show. After this match is over, we got the Brumbies versus Western Force. And then on Saturday at 2.45 a.m., we've got the Waratahs versus the Reds. I'm still waiting on ways to watch Super Rugby. I thought it would be figured out by now, but it just hasn't been. Uh, so we'll move on over into Super Rugby Aotearoa. We've got two matches this weekend. Again, Friday morning 
at 12.05 a.m. We've got the Highlanders versus the Hurricanes. So that match will have been decided by the time you are awake and listening to this podcast, most likely. Uh, and then on Saturday, again, at 12.05 a.m., we've got the Chiefs versus the Blues. That kind of brings me to my DNVR rugby pick of the week. So I'm taking Blues minus four and a half over the Chiefs. You can get that at minus 118 right now. The Chiefs won their first match in like two years last week, but they're not going to beat the Blues. The Blues are a way better team than the Chiefs. Um, and if you've been following along with my picks, those that, that was the pick I had last week. I had the Chiefs losing, uh, and then I had the Crusaders winning big, and only one of those things happened. And, and fortunately enough, these matches actually were broadcast on ESPN fans' YouTube page. It was uh, something I saw late Friday, I believe it was. So I, I watched a little bit of the um, the Chiefs game. They were down by like 20 points when I went to bed. And then I woke up in the morning, checked my bets, and I lost. Then, you know, Chiefs came back. They scored like 30 in the second half, and they won. So that was a bad beat. Uh, so that's that was tough. But the Chiefs aren't going to do that to us again this week. We got the Blues by uh, four and a half, so five points. I feel confident about it. I'm looking forward to this one. And my other pick, just so I guess you guys can hold me accountable if if I botch this one too, but uh, other pick is the Highlanders minus three and a half over the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are having a bad year. They're having trouble winning matches. They haven't won one yet. Don't think this is going to be the week for them either. So that's a bet I've got going on the Friday morning game. But like I said, that means nothing to you unless you're listening to this like right when this podcast comes out and you have five minutes to put your bets in. Uh, that's kind of what I'm riding with this weekend. Uh, we're, you know, hopefully it comes out, comes out good. We've been doing a good job these last couple of weeks, just a, a little slip last week, minor setback for a major comeback. Uh, and you can catch all my DNVR rugby pick of the week every week on the DNVR bet show streaming on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, every weekday at 3 PM mountain time, I believe it is. So make sure you're tuning in and checking those out. Like I said, last week, those guys are good at gambling and I'm not, um, but I'm good at betting on Super Rugby, so keep following along with that and keep checking out the NVR bets. So finally, last little bit of rugby you could watch this weekend. We'll move into the MLR, so I'll read you all these matches. I'm not going to pick them without without Brendan this week. Uh, so yeah, with that, we'll go ahead and jump in the MLR stuff. We've got Rugby United New York at NOLA Gold on Saturday at 2 p.m. You can catch that one on the Rugby Network. Got Rugby ATL at Old Glory DC on Saturday at 3 p.m. on the Rugby Network. We have New England Free Jacks at Houston Sabercats on Saturday at 6 p.m. on the Rugby Network. We've got Toronto Arrows at Utah Warriors on Saturday at 7 p.m. and that one will be on Fox Sports 2. San Diego Legion at Austin Gilgronies on Sunday on Sunday at 6 p.m. That will be on the Rugby Network and then the Seattle SeaWolves at the Los Angeles Giltinis on Sunday at 6.30 p.m., and that one will also be on the Rugby Network. So I didn't see any uh, CBS Sports match this weekend. Maybe maybe they got basketball on instead. Um, so a lot of matches that you can watch this weekend. Again, looking forward to watching the Guiltini Seawolves. I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, who else am I interested in seeing? I would say Toronto versus Utah. I don't have Fox Sports anymore, though, so having trouble watching those matches. Um, oh yeah, I think... Yeah, that's kind of the one I got my eye on again. Seawolves at Guiltinis. Uh, Seawolves had a tough loss last weekend. Guiltinis looked really good. So looking forward to checking that out again. Be a lot of former Raptors in action for the Guiltinis, I'm sure. So we'll keep an eye on the team sheets. 
Um, and that kind of does it for all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. Again, a lot of stuff on. Hopefully you got multiple screens rolling. I uh, got DraftKings rolling. You're, you're following my bets. Uh, and we'll see how we end up on Monday. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump to the interview portion of the show. This week I've got uh, Colorado XO forward Vic Evans on. I believe I introduced him in the interview as a lock, but he's a very versatile forward. So he's practicing a little bit of eight-man this week. So he's moving all around. Uh, so Vic played defensive end at Ole Miss. Uh, he's still kind of getting his feet wet in this rugby thing. You know, he's a good player in college, though. Had a workout with the Washington football team. He got invited to a mini camp there, I think, a year or two ago. Um, you know, he talks about in the episode, had some CFL looks. He was going to go play in the CFL this year. Didn't work out. I thought he'd give rugby a try. He's friends with Gerald McDowell, some, someone that I've been trying to get on the podcast as well. Uh, they played together at Ole Miss. So uh, he kind of showed up in the second wave of players. So he, you know, kind of recently gotten up to speed. He didn't play in the New Orleans match that I went to. Um, and he didn't play in the first match in California, but he played last weekend versus Belmont Shore, caught a red card for a high tackle. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. You know, it all kind of comes with learning, and you, it's baptism by fire. The best way you're going to learn is just to play, play in matches and get more experience, and um, that's, you know, that's going to be the same for him. Um, but he's got all the tools to be really good. I think he is going to be a really good player. And I know he's on the, the starting 15 this weekend from what I've seen. So he's going to Florida and hopefully we get to watch him play. But I'm looking forward to watching him play this season. Looking forward to see, you know, the type of rugby player that he becomes. Um, it's exciting. And, and I think once, you know, Vic's a great guy. Like I was saying, he's super nice. I think people really like him once they, they get to know him a little bit and they start watching him play. Um, and I know I'm looking forward to all that. So with that introduction, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Colorado XO Ford Vic Evans. All right, now welcome on to the show, Colorado XO Lock, Vic Evans. Vic, how's it going, man? Man, I'm making it. I'm making it. I can't complain. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking, and thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with me real quick. I really appreciate it. I know you guys are on a short week, and you're extra busy, so appreciate the time as always. So, Vic, the first question we like to ask everybody that comes on the show, just can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about where you're from? I am from um, Dallas, Texas. Pleasant Grove, Dallas, Texas is in the city. Um, I've been there, grew up there my whole life. Yeah. Went to school at uh, Skyline. That's in Pleasant Grove. I mainly went up, grew up around Oak Cliff area when I was a kid. But yeah. Very nice. Now you just mentioned your high school, Vic. I wanted to ask you what uh, what is playing high school football like in Texas? Uh, as a Colorado guy, I, I'm not you know I'm not privy to to that life. High school football in Texas is mecca. Mm-hmm. High school football in Texas is, is the real deal. Um, when I first got introduced in high school football, I didn't have no idea like about D ones or about this, that, and the third. But once I got up on the up and up about it, I realized that I was in the atmosphere of a lot of great football. Like even like when I was a kid, I told you I was in the Oak Cliff area a mm-hmm. lot, and I was around Carter, around that Michael Crabtree era. Yeah. And then when I came around back to my my side of town where I was uh, born, Pleasant Grove, which is like 30 minutes away, but like then you see a whole different side of football where you see the the Michael Moores and the um the it's it's, it's the the list is endless of yeah. players I can name, but it's just you're around the atmosphere of great football players, so it doesn't it puts the pressure on you to 
be a great football player in that area. Right. I mean, that's kind of sounds like what happened to you, right? That you, you know, had a good high school career. You got, uh, you know, you ended up at Ole Miss. How did you kind of decide to go to Ole Miss? What were some other schools that you were looking at? I was also looking at um, Texas. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Michigan State. Uh, I got offered by OU late. Um, Tulsa, because I like the coaches that was there. I was thinking about Texas Tech. I was thinking about a lot of different places. I ended up at Ole Miss because of um, basically when I came in, it was a quarter. It was my quarterback from my high school that was there. My junior year, his senior year ended up going to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Devontae Kincaid, he pretty much um, asked me to come out there on a visit. Had a good time. I understood that they had a lot of great players there, and the school was going towards a great place. And the guys that I came in with, they were pretty – we bonded really quick. Everybody that in my class and the classes before us, we jailed pretty quickly. And it was just a place that we made it the best – we made it the best out of what it was we made it good we made it a good place yeah and then how was i mean how was your experience at Ole Miss was it a lot of people say best time of their life is that how you'd categorize it as well yeah I can say the people that I was around and uh the leadership coaching wise towards the leaving Ole Miss really helped change my atmosphere my perspective on college and just the the guys that I had around me my friends my fellow teammates they Mm -hmm. Made it a made it a good place. I'm telling you, they made it. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, and it sounds like you were there at, uh, during the time of the football program, where it's a fun time to be around. Uh, I know you had a, the win over Alabama. What was that? Your sophomore year? Two wins. My Two first wins. My how crazy was the campus and just like the atmosphere around you know school when when those two wins happened? Yeah, that freshman year when I saw it done. And then that coming back that sophomore year when I actually got to play and be a part of it, and I had to do my my one eleven out there, it seeing how it affected the people of the town and the community let me know like how important it was for them, because coming from Texas we got we got multiple teams here you know I, I don't have the same feeling of it as how they do right. Mississippi only has Mississippi and Mississippi State. So, yeah, so it means a little more do. sometimes, you it know. Means what, a lot more to them, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I know you were talking about being around some some dogs in high school. It looks like it was the same way in college. I was rolling through some of the, the draftee lists uh, during your time there. It sounds like, you, again, you played with just some, some monsters. Yeah, I played with a great handful of guys, and all those guys really do have a lot in common that they, um, they work their ass off to yeah. get to where they are and where they're at. Um. Yeah, most of them, all of them, put in the work to get to where they were, and just it was an honor to see all those guys go through it, and yeah. all those guys go through it with you. Yeah. All right, Vic. So, can you kind of tell me a little bit about uh, what you did after college? Uh, were, were you coaching, or can you just kind of take us through, uh, you know, end of college up to this point now? Um. After college, I had, I knew I was going to have some looks. Mm-hmm. But I knew that my main concern was my health. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a meniscus injury that I was steadily um, trying to keep maintenance on, steady doing rehab on. And then towards the end of the seasons, I had um, like a high Achilles sprain or some of that nature that was really affecting me pretty bad. And I had to get all that back intact. I had the decision on whether to get um, surgery 
before my pro day and mm-hmm. try to just get myself prepared for my pro day or to just keep um, rehabbing and show up on pro day and give it my best of my uh, best that I had. Mm-hmm. So that's what I decided to do. Um, I wasn't really satisfied with my pro day. Yeah. Um, it was what it was. I went out there and I did my best, but I was not satisfied and I knew it wasn't what I needed. So I knew it, even if I was going to still get looks off of my film, Yeah. but I had to stay ready for the opportunity. So I stayed in Mississippi and I trained and I just worked a few jobs. I worked as a fencer and really as an Uber driver at the time, yeah, yeah. you know, just something, just something to make it by. Yeah. Whatever you can do. Whatever I had to do. Yeah. So did that. And I, one day I got the call that I was going to be um, picked up to be at a little mini camp for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a mini camp, it was a, a opportunity and I addressed it as such. So when yeah. they flew me out, I made sure I performed good. I really did well. But at the same time, they knew that I had injury history, so they had to go another route. Yeah. So after that, I decided to pick up all my things from Mississippi and go back home to Dallas. Um, while I was there, I was really just training. I was working around, you trying to use my degree to get certain jobs because I gained my degree in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. So I was either looking for, like, start trying to start firefighter jobs or working with um, – juvenile detention centers or whatever the case may be but i was at my high school a lot really coaching being around the kids just like being around the atmosphere just because every time i come home i got a step to my high school it's right up the street from me i'm mm-hmm. legit five minutes away from my high school so i always swing by say hello to my old coaches old um kids that i know when they were just younger way way younger that i still know around the community mm-hmm. so i went up there and i was just working out every day and eventually that led to me seeing how things were done with my position, at least with D-line and linebackers. So I always go out, go out there and I give them tips. Mm-hmm. And I sit through the practices, and then eventually that built up into me um, being a coach and working with them and being a strength and conditioning guy with them, pretty much just training them yeah. and helping them out on the field. And I ended up doing that for two years, getting – at least I think I got this past year I got four in the college. Wow. And then um my first year I only had one senior and I got him in the college. Wow. So um that I I took advantage of the time that I had at home and I loved what I was doing and I loved the kids that I was with. <laughs> and I don't regret it for a second. I went through a lot when I was back home but I also learned a lot. I learned how to not just, and I, it wasn't even about just growing up, but that was just a part yeah. part of the time where you did have to grow up. You For sure. Grow up quick and you have to do what you got to do and you have to make sacrifices. And I already had to call. Well, during two years of coaching, I had got a call from Edmonton. Yeah. Like at the end of the first year to um, come up there and sign with them. So I signed a contract for three years. And, but the year that I signed was the COVID year. Mm. So I had another year to train and another year to coach, which I was happy. But, you know, it was a double neck plus yeah. side, double neck sore. I was happy to stay and coach, but I was ready to go and go play. But due to COVID, we couldn't. Right. So I ended up doing that and just training and waiting for the opportunity. Uh, at the end of the year, like a couple of months before 
we were supposed to report, I get a message from Rugby Town also giving me this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then at that time, I was already signed up to play football. So I'm not even going to lie to you. I looked at it, but I was just like, man, that, that's nice that I got that. I, you know? Yeah, no, I think like, that's that's totally got, understandable. I was talking to Tawny about this last week. Like, you, he was mentioning something like, you only have so long, you know, you only have so big of a window in your life to, to play sports professionally um, and, and exploring every opportunity and going down the path that you want to go is so important. So even like he was saying, it's like, yeah, I'm still trying to go to tryouts and stuff like that. So I think that's totally understandable. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, you don't have time to sit up and wait mm -hmm. on, you can't wait on anything just because like, even with, especially in my case, when it comes down to injuries in the NFL, CFL, XFL, like they take guys with injuries, but there's a certain guys that they're taking, but they're not taking everybody that has injuries. Right. Like the injury thing in the league is, they're not looking at that, you know? Right. <laughs> like it's, and that's just the honest truth about it. You got to understand it, but that's why it's your part to do your job and keep yourself maintenance as an athlete. Yeah. So, but, um, Towards the end of the year, when I was supposed to report to Edmonton, I got a call saying that um, that they that they had to cut me due to the fact of, that they were making roster changes or due to I guess basically I guess due to the troubles that the CFL is going through right now. Yeah, and they weren't going to be able to finance the players or whatever the case may have been. I'm not even 100 percent sure on it, mm -hmm. but I, at end of the result, I had to end up being cut from it. So. I sat back maybe another month or so, and I talked to Gerard McDowell, my dog G, and I asked him, I was just like, so how is it? You know, like, yeah. you can't just, it's not like a sport that I didn't play. Before, exactly. You know? Like, they asked me today, oh, come run track, because we felt like when you ran track, you were good enough to be a great track runner so won't you just lose weight and run track okay that's not all you can run track yeah yeah or once you come and play basketball you play basketball before like won't you just yeah harness your basketball skills and come play basketball for us you playing this they asked me to play a sport that i've never played before right a sport that honestly is not even in none of the areas that are around me mm -hmm. to be honest with you so it's just like when you hear it it's just like okay it's an opportunity, but then you also want to see where it can take you. Yeah. And then when you hear the pros and cons of where it's not even no cons really to where this, to this deal that we're going through. Right. It's not really a con like at all. You learn the game, you put the same amount of energy into learning anything. Like it should be easier now to learn this because it's not like when you're a kid learning how to play football right. and learn how to tackle and, read your keys this is something that you're learning as a grown man using stuff that you already done used before in your life now you just gotta you know you just gotta focus in on it yeah it's not nothing complicated about it um but yeah once i realized that this was an opportunity for me not just to i can be known as an athlete that plays multiple sports i can be a right. pro athlete in multiple things and that's not a lot of things that is that's rare. Honestly. For sure, it is. If if I had the opportunity to play football again, would I take it? More than likely, but I would also want to keep this in my bag too and do both. And then if I if I'm a first player to play football and rugby, which I'm probably not, but it's something to have in my bag. Or even if I want to stay in this 
area yeah and dominate this area then it wouldn't be wrong with me either especially if it's a way for me to take care of myself and when i talked to coach luke they told me hey they've been playing this game 15 years and i don't see them struggling yeah i know i know luke's climbing 14ers and stuff in the summer so he, his exactly. body's hanging up pretty well no that's a that's an awesome story though man and i know you touched on a lot of things that are true for a lot of people like i can even i'm I'm not you obviously but like even when i it came time for me to graduate college and and i may have you know one plan and that plan doesn't work out you're right you do have to grow up and, and make the decisions like you were just talking about to you know to make it work to get ultimately where you want to go um and that's kind of sounds like what you did and you're here now uh, and so I just kind of wanted to, to talk to you about rugby a little bit now, Vic. So like, are you liking it? I know you talked to, you said you talked to G Mac and he kind of gave it his seal of approval. Like how, ha- how have you been enjoying it since you moved out here in January? Is that when you got here? Yeah. Um, since, th- since I've been here, it ain't been, it's not been hard to pick up on like mm-hmm. some things, uh, like uh, maybe a little frustrating, but all things come with frustration all things come with struggle if you're trying to succeed in something mm-hmm. so like when i go through it i just treat it how i treat football like you just worry about the next player you worry about the next rep you do what you got to do to get it done but outside of that everything else has been coming pretty natural for me mm-hmm. only thing that i have to really work to change on like after my last game i caught a red flag for hitting, <laughs> i saw like, that yeah i hit i guess i the tone of the aggression of how I hit is the same, but I have to, that's the only thing that I have to change necessarily to take my, my put my play where it needs to be played at. Yeah. Because it's not my athleticism that's the problem. It's not my thinking or decision-making. It's not my, it's not none of that. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a whole different game. And it's like you said, you, yeah, you have the pieces. It's just tactics. a matter of, you know, putting it together and playing a few more matches because that's ultimately how you're going to learn. But um, do, you, do you find it to be a little bit easier, like easier of a situation to come into since all of you guys are, are you know, realistically in the same boat? You're all kind of transitioning over from, from something else. I know there's a handful of guys that have some rugby experience, but is that kind of making the transition easier for you? Yeah, and the fact that we do have those handful of guys that already have played, like my roommate, uh, Soup, yeah. But uh, Johnson, he is a he. Hey, he been playing this already. He, me and him have talked about certain things about the game and certain people I need to watch. Same thing that the coaches tell me, but he's staying my ear about it just because he already know. Like, hey, you already got the athletic ability. If you yeah. pick up on the game, you good. Like, you don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah. Um, but the other guys that are like myself, like we had a discussion about it, and I said that all of us at a certain point of time, like, even though. Like, we work hard, and every, that's one thing I noticed. Like, when we all came in, like, everybody worked so hard to a point where you wonder how they got there. Mm-hmm. And, then, and you just be like, well, all of us put in this work to this point, and you, we all got told no at a certain point of time. That's something that we all have in common. Yeah, like, that we is all a good got point. Told no. Yeah, we all got told no, and we all got told the door got closed on us or people quit on us or people turned their backs on us at the end of the day. But we all here at the same point trying to find a new route for yourself and the only person that's in control of that is us right and if we we go out there and we like we made it real simple like if we go out there and we win and we win as a team we all look good we all get looked at that's the whole goal that's true if we go out there and we look all athletic as individuals and we lose 
then they we just say, oh, yeah, well, they just look like athletes that's just trying to play a new sport. But if we show that we can dominate something else that ain't our sport, then you just helped everybody else out to achieve a goal. Wow. And then we'll all be at the same point. Well, like everybody says that this could, like, we all talk about being on the USA team. Well, if you shoot for the stars, you land on the, you land, you yeah. land where you land at, you know? True. I mean, that's, I haven't ever thought of it that way. That's a, I mean, you're, you're completely right. That's 100% true. And I think that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it and the right way to look at it. That's a, that's awesome that you, you said that. Um, so Vic, I guess, uh, moving on just has, I know you said you're, you're living with Campbell. Is there anybody else that, that you've kind of leaned on, you know, since you, you're picking this up, you, you just played your first or second matches last weekend. Like, has there been any other guys on the team that have uh, kind of helped you along? Man, I'm real deal. I'm everybody knows I'm pretty cool. I'm like I'm laid back. I'm I vibe with everybody. I gel off everybody. <laughs> everybody I can learn off everybody. I can socialize with anybody. So everybody that comes from different backgrounds, like Caleb, he comes from a totally different background than me. But every yeah. time we on the field together, it's work. We put the work in. Quan, me and him got a lot in common because we know what D one football and the expectation of like for ourselves. When we right. mess up in practice, we know he he turned himself apart, but at the same time, I know like, hey, I know he's doing that just because he has a certain expectation for himself, same mm-hmm. way I do. So we don't necessarily we try to go through practice without having any mistakes. Yeah. So everybody pretty much has the same common goals, and everybody just comes from different backgrounds. But that just makes it more of a team for me. Yeah. If everybody just was from the same thing and to talk about the same stuff, then. It it would just be so simple and so bland, but everybody is in their own, has been in their own and in their own ways. That makes this team a melting pot for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's super true. And and like you said, it t- kind of takes this unique situation to, to bring that all out in you. Um, so Vic, how, I guess now that you've played, was last weekend your first game or did you play uh, the weekend in LA before as well? No, last weekend was my very, very, very first game. Okay, so you got your first match under your belt. Uh, you just mentioned it was cut a little bit short from a from a red card, but um, from what you you experienced, like how did it feel? Did it feel like you were playing football? Was it what you expected it to be? Just kind of what was your first match experience like? Um, first, actually, like first of all, put this out there that it was fun. Yeah. Like not to say football is not fun, but. I had fun. I had more fun than I thought I was going to have. Like, yeah. I was look, I was still, you know, ready to play and ready to do the damage and ready to have physicality, but it was more fun than what I thought it was going to be. Um, That's important. <laughs> I'm ready to, I guess I ain't trying to just throw no slack, but I'm, I guess I'm ready for some physicality from opposing forces. Right. I was expecting his to be harder from other players, but but, but but Vic, you got to realize a lot of guys aren't aren't built like you. Like even when I saw you for the first time, you're like one of the biggest people I've ever seen. Like <laughs> so, and, and I think like once you you get into rugby, you start realizing like you are a you are a unique player. So um, I, I'm not sure like those those hits will come, especially this season. Well, that's what I'm also. It's a double edged sword, positive and a negative. Yeah. <laughs> so. I guess I got time to groom and get myself prepared for if I get a chance to play on the international level, club level, 
or MLR, that I'll be prepared for those. Yeah, I think you will. I think you're you're on the right track here. Um, I think, Vic, I think that's all the questions I have for you, man. I wasn't sure if you wanted to, to shout out anything before I let you go. Um, shout out to... I, I do have a few shout outs. Yeah, go Dallas for it. Skyline High School. Um, shout out to Coach Ty Barrett handling his business. Um, shout out to all the Dallas Metroplex coaches handling their business. Um, yeah. Shout, um, shout out to the Exos. That's I'm awesome. Forward to this weekend in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Vic, I did just remember one of the one of the questions I have for you before I let you go here is: uh, How are you liking carrying the ball? Did you get to ha- carry the ball very much this last weekend? Uh, last weekend, uh, I did decent. Everybody yeah. said I did pretty good carrying it, but I expect more for myself. So if I go through the season without a try, I fail. <laughs> when was the last time that you, you got to tote the rock a little bit? The last time I toted the rock in a football – oh, you talking about football yeah, in fo- general in yeah. football? Well, I, I know. I've seen your, your clip of uh, at Ole Miss. I've seen your fumble return, uh, your fumble yeah. return touchdown. I've seen that, so I know you can do it. When was the last time you did it, though, like consistently on a consistent basis? Man, probably in practice on one of these good days where I get the ball. That's about <laughs> it. Yeah, but I'm ready for. I'm ready for it though. I see like talking with Coach Moose and looking at talking with Coach Luke, talking with Trey. I know what I got to do to make it happen, and I know I got the speed to make it happen. So I just got to make it happen and hit when I got to hit. Yeah, yes, sir. All right, Vic, that's all the questions I had for you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, Looking forward to to watching you play the rest of the season, and uh, I'll catch up with you again here soon. All right, appreciate you for having me, man. Y'all take it easy. (laughs) All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Colorado XO forward Vic Evans. Um, Big thank you to Vic for taking the time out of his day to come chat with me. Like I said in the interview, they're on a short week since they traveled on Thursday instead of Friday with the earlier match. Uh, So everything's kind of compressed, especially getting back from an away trip and jumping right back on a plane. So thank you to Vic. Say it every week, but the guests make the show. I appreciate anybody that takes time to come chat with me, help make the show a reality. So hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, We'll move into the required reading portion of the show. This is going to actually be a required viewing. So this was the Sean Riley feature on Inside the Ruck, Episode 2. I thought Pat Clifton did a great job with this piece on Sean Riley, who was the NOLA Gold wing that tragically passed away at age 30 a couple months ago. He was having some heart problems. And uh, I, I know I mentioned it on the show. Again, we send condolences out to his friends and family. Uh, and I know Pat did a did a story on, on Sean when, when the Exos were down in New Orleans, coincidentally. Um, he talked to a lot of people and put together a very good feature on it. So I'd recommend everyone go check that out. As always, I will link the link to that video in the article that houses this podcast. So if you're you're listening, make sure you, you go check it out on the dnvr.com backslash rugby and check out that piece. Uh, I really liked it. It was very good. And I want to make sure everyone goes and checks that out. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up with the loop. Still working on a couple of things. Got a lot of things in process, uh, you know, in progress, um, working on working on some stuff. Tawny's helping me out. If you listen to the show last week, I talked to him for a bit afterwards. He's going to help me get some of these projects done. Uh, I mentioned at the earlier show, but I will have a piece on the XOs out on Friday. Hopefully, I've got to go through a couple quotes though. Um, but just just talk to a couple different guys. Now that they've you know had about a, mat, a month's worth of matches under their belt, how they're liking it, what they're liking about it, what they think they can do better. Um, so it should be good stuff. Hopefully get it out by Friday by the time you're listening to this show. 
but you can keep up with all of our stuff that we're doing on the DNVR underscore rugby on Twitter at Colin Strickler. That's my personal. And then everything that we do is, is housed on the DNVR.com backslash rugby. Let's so make sure you're checking that out on the website. Other than that, that's my show, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. I will catch you all back here next week.